Hello and a welcome to the HFL show brought to you by Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Ald. A couple of days before Christmas, of course, who knows what lies in store in the next few weeks. Nicola Sturgeon announced uh, today restrictions in place for clubs all over the country with limited attendances. We're yet to find out how that will impact uh, the Highland League. Um, but I thought this podcast is best to, to take stock uh, and look back at the season so far as we approach the kind of halfway point of the year uh, and indeed this season. Alongside me to look over the season so far, P&J's Ryan Cryle. Ryan, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Yourself, Ian, it's been another um, another miserable day, I suppose, <laughs> in, in COVID land. Yeah, it is indeed. And it, it's one of them we haven't heard from the Highland League as, as yet, but I would imagine that clubs in the league, obviously COVID-dependent, etc., but with this reduced attendance of 500 uh, capacity uh, in football stadiums up and down the, the country, I would imagine that Highland League clubs should be okay to have spectators, and of course we're yet to have that confirmed, but uh, I suppose it's a little bit of a positive uh, news out of all the kind of negative today that we've had. Yeah, I suppose the thing that maybe worries me a little bit is obviously I think the the leagues below the Premiership have agreed or had agreed, who knows what's coming, but they've agreed to test daily for COVID, Mm -hmm. which I don't think they've been doing at the lower levels. Obviously, that's something previously testing and the cost of testing has been a bit prohibitive for the Highland League. So I, I don't know if there'll be requirements, increased testing requirements on Highland League clubs and Highland League players and coaching staff. So that's that's maybe the side of things that, that worries me a bit more than the attendances, you know, for certain big games, obviously, that the Highland League can get bigger crowds than 500. But I think kind of for a, for a normal fixture card, you'd a lot of clubs would be okay with that number. Yeah, well, let's wait and see um, what happens in the next couple of days and indeed weeks and who knows, even months ahead. Um, Ryan, uh, before we, we kind of look back at the season, first and foremost, as we mentioned, uh, you work for the Press and Journal. Uh, Press and Journal launched a, a very exciting project at the start of the, the season, Highland League Weekly. Um, talk to us about it. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic platform uh, to showcase the league and, um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a brilliant project. I'm sure you're delighted to be involved in. Yeah, I think um, everyone that was in, has been involved or been in the Press and Journal for a while is aware that previously, when Dave Edwards was the Highland League reporter, there was the big game previously where he went he went round a, a game every weekend, and there was highlights and post match interviews and things like that. And I think it was something we all kind of we all looked back on pretty favourably as something that was that was good, and we just. Given that we had a bit, we had a bit of scope to do um, something a bit adventurous. I think this season, and we we decided to sort of try and reimagine that a little bit and introduce your kind of football focus style. Is how I describe it. Features, mm-hmm. as well as other elements that will hopefully develop further going forward. Just because you know the Highland League, it's such an interesting division in terms of the stories, like individual players' backstories and the jobs they do and the commitment of the players is, you know, for, for a little reward in financial terms is is pretty astounding at times with, 
you know, like we, we know the WIC players, how far they travel, the WIC players and coaching staff. And then, I mean, there's Brora's John Pickles. He's the one that always, the one that always springs to mind coming yeah. down from Orkney to, to play for them. But just, just things like that. And I felt like it was something that hopefully we can do that is enjoyed by Highland League fans, first of all, and fans of these clubs and allows them to maybe, if their team isn't filming their games yet or doing highlights yet, which a lot aren't, um, allows them to, you know, they can't make a game, see their team, hear from their players, coaching staff um, afterwards. Bit of analysis of all the games as well um, on the show, but also, you know, can maybe people from further afield can maybe catch an episode and sort of get their kind of baptism in the Highland League, I suppose. The What amazes me is the, the footage. Because as we all know, you know the Highland League can can throw up some uh, interesting moments, and uh, and the well the highlights first and foremost is is are brilliant, and it's great to see. Um, but there's been a few instances this season where well that slight tackle at the weekend uh, in the Clackwick game, um, a contentious penalty decision between Brora and Wick. These are the kind of talking points that you, you know you'll talk about in the game. You you rarely see, but it's great to bring them to that audience online. Yeah, I think um, the thing that stands out for me as well is early in the season, we'll, we'll do this a few times over the course of the season. We've not done the second one yet, but we've done a quarter of the way through, I think 10 weeks in, we've done a sort of the, the best goals we've filmed so far. At this point, obviously, it would be in an ideal world, we'd get to every game. And, you know, if it develops um, into that in the future, I think it would be a great thing to do a full match of the day style um, show every week. But the... The, the goal compilation we, we did do as like a kind of what's the what's the best goal we've filmed so far vote on this you know that's another way it's it's kind of social media based as opposed to be the, the show for for sort of the reasons of you know the effort we put into it to create create it and you know the resources we put into it um it's behind a paywall but the the stuff we can do on social media, whether it is controversial incidents or it's something like that goal compilation that people can interact with. I think that's a, it allows us to get Highland League football out there a bit further to people. And if, if you can create a bit of conversation around something great, because especially with goals and stuff, it's one of these things where you'd maybe expect there to be pretty um, industrial challenges in the Highland League. And um, even if somebody didn't know a lot about Highland League teams, Highland League players, they'd be like, you know, they'd think it was a, a rough and sort of tumble division. But when you see some of these goals and see the talent that's on show and some of these guys could probably play at full-time level. Um, I know some of them definitely could, but they, they choose, you know, for whatever reason to to play at Highland League level because of other circumstances in their lives. And it shows there's like, there is the talent there and there is ability and there is entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I've, I've seen, witnessed several goals this season that have, you know, are up there with, um, you know, goals you would see, I suppose, at, you know, higher up the divisions. Uh, tell me this, I was thinking about this earlier on, um, obviously with the way, uh, well, the season that we're in just now and, and, and many games will be weather affected, your cameraman must be the most attentive man on on a Saturday morning. Um, I'm assuming there's a, a, a game in the diary that, you know, you're going to cover and you're going to attend. You must have to, check Twitter for updates and and plan a, a plan B and C and D and in fact E and F just in case. Yeah, well, it'll be no surprise to learn. It's it's um our sports reporter who's 
who's the Highland League expert in our staff, Callum Law, who heads out with Gregory Aitken most weekends, who's our one of our videographers and a former online reporter. But they head out. Um, it's only become a problem, obviously, in the last few weeks, but the weekend just passed, for example. I think it's pretty obvious, that, and it, we see it on the show the week before, so people do know, but pretty obviously we're going to cover Brora against Fraserburgh, which was... You know, the big top of the table clash against uh, two of the front runners playing each other for the first time this season. But um obviously it gets ruled ruled out. And if you're heading somewhere like Brora from from Aberdeen, um Gregor is Aberdeen based, I think, and Callum's based um upside in, in Drury. Uh, you know, it's a it's a long day and they've got to get on the road pretty quickly. Um, if they're going somewhere like Wick, you know, they're, they're probably go, still going up in the day, but they're probably still having to leave about seven in the morning or something to get up to Wick and, you know, stay overnight the following night, uh, um, on the Saturday night, sorry, before travelling home on the Sunday. But if you're up there um, and then those games go off, you know, it's a bit of a scramble because obviously if you were at Wick you're in, then Brora were at home, you'd kind of go there next. But then if Brora's off, which it might be if Wick's off, you know, then it's all the way down to Clack. Um, it becomes a bit easier from that point onwards, obviously, because there's a few grounds and sort of, you know, half an hour, an hour away from each other. But, um, and it's, yeah, if you're in Aberdeenshire from for, from the start, it makes it a bit easier. But yeah, again, if all those games go off in Aberdeenshire and the only place um, in the league that's got a game on is up in Wick, then, you know, it requires to... <laughs> You have to be nimble, basically, yes. to get up there. And I imagine it's... I've not had the experience it myself yet, but I imagine it's pretty pretty stressful for the guys when it's all kind of kicking yeah. off. Yeah, and, and put the foot to the foot to the floor in an effort. For, to, fortunately, to... I should say, fortunately, Highland League clubs are pretty helpful um, in that regard, that when you phone them for a, maybe a preview in midweek, um, I'm, I think they're pretty good at, with Callum uh, saying, like, here's here's what I think about the game, but, you know, chances are this game's off this weekend or whatever. Aye, aye. Um, right, let's get into it then, Ryan. Um, we, we spoke um, on the podcast last week to Fraserburgh boss Mark Cowie. You touched on that that kind of um, real mouth-watering clash between the reigning champions and their league leaders. It didn't take place at the weekend. Um, but looking at the top of the table, um, it is a real, well, it's going to be a real interesting battle between uh, now and the end of the season. Obviously, we we know the COVID things in the background and we hope that doesn't have an impact in the, in the title race. But um, yeah, I mean, at this stage of the season, just before Christmas, there are six, seven sides that have got a, a genuine chance of, of winning the league. It's really, it's a fascinating it will be a fascinating watch between the end of the season and now and the end of the season. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I hope, I hope um, most of all that, as you said, that this season is played to a finish. I know with the Highland League, it's always difficult when you look at the league table. It's okay near the top this season so far, but you know, like you've always got sort of, you're reading it um, according to points like you would any league table but you're also reading it according to games played because there can be huge disparities there of like three or four games or whatever so you've got to do a bit of maths to work out um, how far away teams are actually away from each other but yeah um, I mean we've, we've spoken about this in the office previously but when we were in the office but mm. earlier in the season it almost felt like there were kind of three mini leagues going on it felt like Fraserburgh 
um, to Rothis as things stand. So that's Fraserburgh, Bucky, Brecon, Brora, Invruri, Rothis, where you know they were the, the six teams in the title hunt. And then there was kind of eighth place and down, you know, playing their own mini league. And for Martin, we're kind of in the middle there playing their own sort of league where they weren't really close because they'd had a bit of an inconsistent start. They weren't really close to the teams above them. They weren't really close to the teams below them. But now through their own results of late, and I think to be fair, my my sort of view of how for Martin had started was maybe coloured a little bit by cup results as well. They've been pretty pretty decent in the league. They've had a couple of draws, four losses, which is the most of the teams in the top sort of section. But they've they've still been okay, and they're now again, as you said, they're they're now right in that pack of seven, and you know, I think they're level on points with Rothis now. Rothson is sixth, so yeah, seven teams that could, seven teams that could legitimately say that they've got a chance. Not that any of them will say they've got a chance. Even Fraserburgh probably wouldn't. Um, but uh, the, I would still say that your three front runners are probably Fraserburgh, Brecon, and Brora. Those are the teams for me that stand out as having that mix of experience, as well as players that can be relied upon to to you know to get a sack full of goals um every season I would say looking at that top seven then I mean if, if I'd asked you to start the season to predict the top seven you probably would have come back with the seven that are there are not surprised uh, to see those seven clubs involved within that seven clubs is there any clubs that, that their position or their their tally that has, that has surprised you I think Rothis were doing um, very well earlier in the season, maybe just a few weeks ago. And I mean, they've still had, you know, they still had great results. They obviously beat Fraserburgh, the only team to beat Fraserburgh so far. But that, <laughs> maybe I'm just being colour by the result of the weekend with the, the loss to Nairn, obviously having led 2-1 in the second half. But yeah, Rothis, there was a point earlier in the season where, again, taking in cup competitions. They obviously won the North of Scotland Cup, um, beating Brora in the final. We were at that game. Um, but I just, I there was a point where we were saying, like, are Rothis now the, are Rothis now the best team in that sort of north part of the country? Are they now overtaking Brora in terms of north teams? Obviously, the way Brora bounced back since uh, Craig Campbell's taken over, I think they maybe just had a little bit of a hangover from the end of last season and how the playoffs panned out at the start of the campaign. But, yeah, I would say Rothis. I've been, I've been also, I wouldn't say surprised, but you know, with Richard Hastings taking over at Inverurie, and obviously Andy Lowe had left during COVID, um, for you know, just you know, he just wanted um a break from football, and Richard Hastings took over, and I think it's his first job management, um, and he didn't really know how that was all gonna, how that was all gonna pan out. You know, it could have went could have went either way obviously at Highland League level in Vruri have got decent resources but they've they've done well and and, and Brecon as well they're obviously sitting fire at the moment they're they're right up there you know challenging with Fraserburgh as we probably expect it to be being a, a side that's come down from the SPFL but again given the traumatic few years that Brecon had um, to drop out the SPFL you didn't really know with a lot of new players rebuilding a new manager a new board, a new sort of approach, how how things would sort of pan out. And the way things started as well were a bit like, you know, they were kind of getting used to Highland League football a little bit. And 
since then they've obviously kicked on. They found that consistency and they're winning the games they should be winning. But yeah, I think yeah, th- those are the teams that s- stand out for me a little bit. Um, I think we all knew Fraser Brad would be up there challenging this season. I think apart from how Broda started, they're they're now looking really strong as we'd expect them to as as champions the last time, you know, um, a reasonable amount of games were played and obviously they were awarded the title last term as well. Bucky under Graham Stewart as well. You know, I suppose Bucky under Graham Stewart, since since Bucky won the league, there's been injury issues and you know they, it hasn't quite happened for them um over the course of a season but they've you know he's he's one of the the, the, the you know the um the biggest characters in Highland League football um their manager so you know that um you know and you know what their aspirations are so I think we we would have most people would have expected them to be up there for Martin as well a little bit of a transition phase at the moment but again recent weeks they've really started stringing results together but yeah in terms of in terms of if anyone's surprised at the start of the season um Rothis I know they'd won um silverware from yeah. from last season but yeah those are, those are the ones I'd pick out there's plenty I mean the the, the the all the top seven sides have still got to play each other um but Breaker and Brora stand out for me and we'll have three uh, Brecon City Brewer Ranger ties between now and end of the season, two in the league and, and one in the League Cup quarterfinals. But those two league games in particular, I mean, they, though that, that could have a massive bearing on, on where the title's going. And imagine the likes of Fraserburgh, the likes of Bucky and Inverurie will be watching them with interest because if both teams drop points in those games, then that gives them a, a real advantage. Do you see those uh, those ties between Brecon and Brora, one at Dudgeon and one at uh, Glebe Park is you know, a massive bearing on the title race. I think that's the thing this season. Um, when Cove were still in the Highland League, Brora, um, the last time, you know, the the time we're talking about earlier, where they, the, you know, they, they won the title or they were, they were well on their way to winning the title, you know, you almost felt like that front runner, it was difficult to see where they were going to be dropping points. You know, they were really, obviously when Brora and Cove went, to sort of toe-to-toe for the title. That was the last time that maybe there was that competition. But this season, there's so much competition that you feel like, you feel like even if there's a, well, what's the gap at the moment between Fermartin and Fraserburgh? It's it's eight points. Yeah. They've, I think Fermartin have played, you know, played a game more. But I mean, it's not unfeasible this year that given there's so many teams like Beacon and Brora and obviously Fraserburgh have still got to play Brora now. Um, away from home that you know you can see where teams might drop points if they're not quite at it but I think yeah um, you know if Brecon, on the Brecon and Brora games alone obviously if both teams are consistent elsewhere it could make or break one of those teams title challenges it'd be interesting to see when, when Brecon go up to Dudgeon Park that'll be an interesting one I know they went up to Wick earlier this season which would have been like you know the first time they'd ventured yes. up there to the sort of far north um, and I, I'm sure their their players, being like kind of central belt based, were thinking, "God, this is a where this is we, a long where way." Where are we going now? Where are, where are we going now? Yeah, and I'm, I'm I think I, I seem to recall something didn't quite go to plan with that game in terms of the travel, and they still I think managed to pull a pull a result out the bag. 
but Wick obviously had a bit of a sort of a shaky start this term. They're starting to put it together now, but throw up at Dudgeon Park's obviously a different, especially in current form, is um, a different proposition entirely. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Obviously, Brecon as well, they, when they played Fraserburgh at Bellsley earlier this season, they, they sort of fell down there. So, yeah, they'll need to they need to be getting a, a result against the Broras and Fraserburghs. Um, in the weeks and months ahead I'm going to ask you the million dollar question um, don't worry I won't hold you hold you to hold you to it but uh, well we're nearly just before Christmas now of course there's still a lot of football to be played who's your money on for winning the title um, if I had to nail my uh, my Aberdeen share colours to the mast I would uh, I'd say Fraserburgh I am um, They've been kind of relentless so far. I know they. I know we talked about them losing to Rothis, and it was a, it's a bit of a shock. I think when they lost in Verurium on the cup competitions at Bellsley, because I mean, if you speak to anyone from Fraserburgh, that's always what they say that no matter who who they're playing in a midweek night at Bellsley, you know, they always think they can win that game, and that was, you know, it's just a really tough place for teams to go. But I think for the most part, um, I know there were, it was Fort William they were playing, but. Last time out, how relentless they were in winning twelve 0 You can you can tell there's a real sort of um, a fire to go and do it. And of of all the managers you, you maybe speak to, like you know, Mark Cowie, pretty pretty open and honest about like you know you don't enter a league if you don't want to try and try and win it. And they've been you know they've they've had that gradual progression under Mark Cowie as well. And you kind of feel with the experienced players they've got is they'll be desperate like the Willie Wests of this world to you know to get it done this season you know because there won't be many many opportunities um, there won't be many seasons where they've got a squad as strong as this I know they recently added uh, Ross Aitken from Devon Vale who really impressed me in one of the games we've done highlights of I think when Devon Vale beat Lossie 6-0 was it earlier this season yeah. now he's you know Fraser have signed him and they've strengthened further I just think I just think they've got so much quality and so much experience, but that experience, you know, won't last forever. Uh, so they'll be desperate to get it over the line this season. And yeah, I, 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 at the moment, I just kind of think, you know, they've led to this point. So why can't they lead the whole way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they've had a great season so far. I mean, that wee blip uh, at home to, to Rothis. Uh, but yeah, you get the feeling that, that Fraserburgh are, determined to secure the league title. It was interesting you mentioned earlier on about the kind of the league almost splitting into uh, three different sections. Uh, outside the top seven, it's almost, I mean, eighth place is almost best of the rest. And that's no disrespect to any of those clubs involved, but that's the way it appears. There's a, there is a, a bit of a gap between uh, for Martin and Nairn, a 14-point gap at the moment. Um, Nairn obviously have, have picked up in the last two weeks two wins in a row uh, albeit yeah. uh, oh, a cracking win at the weekend against Rothis and any week before uh, winning 5-4 at Devon Vale with a, a depleted squad uh, in the last couple of weeks Devon Vale have been 8th Clark have been 8th uh, Forrest have been up to 8th as well now it's the turn of, of Wick and Nairn there's a real kind of well that cluster there Nairn, Wick, Devon Vale, Clark, Forrest you can add Huntley in there they were kind of um, they had a good start to the season and were well placed. Those sides, there's a wee, a wee interesting battle uh, going on between uh, all those clubs. I mean, there's currently between Nairn in eighth and Huntley in thirteenth. 
There's six points between them, uh, and those when those sides meet in there, they're they're producing tasty games as well. I would have earlier in this. It's it's funny this because um, at points this season, I think in my role as Highland League Weekly host, I have said um, on on record um, that Devon Vale, Clatnicker, and Anne Huntley must be favourites at this point to finish as best of the rest, uh, and neither of them. Uh, none of the three are in eighth position at the moment because I'm near and picking up, and yeah, it was a really good result. And it's you know that puts a bit of pressure on Rothis come um, 27th of December when they play Brecon, I would say. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Devon Vale for me earlier in the season would have been maybe the team that I would have, if you'd asked me to pick one, Devon Vale would have been the one, but I think. Craig Stewart's obviously had an issue in recent weeks with him uh, losing quite a few players. I know they'd offered new contracts to quite a few um, players. And, you know, because those players have, you know, intimated they won't be signing on for next season, they've, you know, decided to cash in on them as as you pr- it's probably the, the right thing to do, given that, you know, there aren't any prizes for finishing eighth in the table if you keep those players for the yeah. final half of the season. But, at the same time, so Clark have looked really good in spells. Um, we done their game at the weekend, and they sort of fell apart a little bit um, against Wick there in, in the second half, especially and sort of towards the end of the first half as well. But they, I mean, James Anderson has just been on fire. I don't know. I don't know if he'll maybe move on in January or whatever. We've discussed that a few times on the show, Huntley as well, Alan Hill, really good manager, maybe just doesn't have the, the players at his disposal at this point to really, to finish to finish up there. But I mean, there was points in the season where we were thinking about like, you know, next season will be Huntley, you know, like trying to like break into that, maybe, you know, top seven positions with a, if they had a bit more backing behind Alan Hill. But I, I think, I think now they're there. Nairn, Nairn Wick, those are the teams I'd be looking at. Obviously, Wick in previous seasons have been a, a side that's been right up there. Um, they had a, a sort of baffling start to the season, as we we know, with the, the going for the world record for most draws in a league campaign. Uh, what are they on now? Seven draws. Seven, but um, yeah. yeah, and and Nairn as well. They've got obviously that quality with Connor Gethins, who's still still banging them in. That'll be an interesting battle. But I, I see it being between those two. Um, I'm not sure Devon Vale can keep up with them. Uh, Forest have obviously been an interesting one this season as well. I know you asked me earlier on if there's any side that's not in the top seven that could potentially have broken in. I think Wickham on previous seasons form were a team that, you know, are potentially top seven material, given obviously geography maybe helps them a little bit. Um, when teams visit them, it tended to be a bit of a stronghold for them. Um, up at Harmsworth Park, but Forrest as well, obviously. Forrest, um, really strong at points under Charlie Rowley. Um, you know, they weren't going to be competing for the league, I wouldn't think, but, you know, just just how they sort of started this season, how they've kind of, how they've been since Charlie Rowley's left as well. That's obviously left them in the position they're in, but, uh, you know, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see how they get on the rest of the season but yeah as I said Nairn and Wick those are the ones those are the ones for me that are battling out for 8th place as as you can probably tell from the league table as it stands at the moment yeah and it is going to be a, well I suppose it keeps 
I know there's no, yeah, you're right, there's no prize for eighth, but it will be uh, interesting to see who uh, finishes the out with the top seven. Now, they're probably going to be Keith and the Lossiemouth fans uh, probably screaming at me when I, when I say, let's look at the, the next section. Now, it's purely based on the, the current standings because they are, are a massive 14 points adrift of bottom club Fort William. But uh, Keith and Lossie, you know, well, to be fair, they're not a million miles off of getting involved in that mix as well. And both have shown and in, in spells this season that they're capable of doing so. Strathspey Thistle also have caused uh, bigger sides uh, some headaches as well. They went to Brecon City and uh, gave them a, a real scare at Glebe Park earlier in that one. And we know that they can they can play some good stuff on their day as well. Uh, Tariff United, again, you know, a very young side, but but have but have built up a little bit of a, a cushion between themselves and Fort William. They're currently eight points adrift of the bottom club, so too are Strathspey Thistle. And then Fort William, with one point to their name so far this season, this season will be extremely interesting for two different reasons. That title race, as we talked about at the very start, but also the relegation issue. Um, Fort William currently bottom and you know potentially could face relegation. That one will be just as interesting as the battle at the top because for William have a new manager on the way, uh, Shabab Ekftar, who we will have on the HFL show uh, next Monday. Um, he is coming in, but he's he's coming in and he's he's got to turn around things pretty fast. Ryan, how do you see the battle at the bottom going? Uh, if I was if I was being generous. I would say that um, obviously the new manager's got a a big job in his hands, but you know, with with the pedigree, the CV he's got, um, you never know. He might manage to get a few players in. You know, I don't know what the recruitment strategy will be. Whether it's still going to be kind of players from south of the border looking to sort of I don't know get their their footballing journey going a little bit at Fort William, which it was, I suppose at the start of the season under the previous manager. But I, I at this point, I'm, I'm, I would have to admit that I'm struggling to see a scenario where Fort William don't finish bottom of the league. I think the goal difference at this point is probably, you know, they're probably going to have the worst goal difference in the division. Let's, uh, let's be honest. It's kind of, you know, to... To turn that around at this point would probably be a miracle that um, the New Testament writers would throw out as unrealistic. Um, the and I just I just can't with the points the points at the moment with them being one point, Turriff and Strathspey being nine points. It's impossible to not think that Fort need to win two games this season to to have a chance and then, you know, they've got to be picking up points with draws and stuff elsewhere to to overhaul one of the other sides. Um, and I just think there's n- there's probably not much of a chance that Turriff and Strathspey go through the rest of the season without picking up any points at all. Um, I would say that Lossie and Keith are far too far away for, for it to catch. Um, the thing that worries me is obviously they're playing the games away from home issue has been a big one I would imagine that's been a contributing factor to a lot of the obviously the manager leaving probably didn't help as well but a lot of the, the squad from 
you know, the squads from the summer, which included a lot of players from London and places like that, um, a lot of travelling, you know, the fact that they've then had to travel further afield every week to actually play the games probably hasn't helped them stick at it. Um, and we've seen the results of that turning up at Bell's Lee, for example, um, for that 12-0 hammering from Fraserburgh with 12 players and then as a result of three injuries, finishing the game with nine players. You know, if you're, if you're ending up playing with less than 11 men on the park um, or 11 and no subs, it's going to be really difficult. And I know, as I said, the new manager could come in and bring, you know, bolster the squad. But even even if he comes in and bolsters the squad, brings in a lot of new faces, is there enough time to get them playing and get them picking up points? I just... Yeah, I just I just don't see it. It's gonna it's gonna be a really tough task for them, I think, to get off that um get out of that eighteenth spot come the end of the season. Yeah, I think the yeah the, the, the key word there was miracle and it yeah, it is tough and for William fans will not uh, thank us for comparing their their um the rest of their season um and certainly saving their skins is a miracle, but they have. They do have three games in hand. Obviously, the 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 luxury yeah. of three games in hand is nice, but you have to go and get points from those three games in hand, of course, as well. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how the new manager gets on and, and progresses for Oyam. Now, of course, there are a, a number of clubs already. The likes of Banks of D and Galsby Sutherland, etc., have been muted in the last uh, couple of weeks. I know that you've featured both on uh, Highland League Weekly. Um, in terms of keen to, to get into the, the mix as well. So they've got them uh, also to contend with as well, uh, chapping at the door. It, it really is going to be a, a an intriguing end to the season from all aspects, the title race, the relegation battle, even that kind of battle at the bottom. Uh, what are you looking forward to most uh, in the coming weeks and months ahead in the Highland League? Of course, COVID-dependent. Yeah, I think it is the title race. I think um, you 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 discussed there the the potential playoff. Obviously, SFA licensing will still dictate whether whether a playoff does go ahead and who will be involved in it. Because you know, there's a scenario where Goldsby win the North Cali. That's not given. But if they do, you know, they'll probably um, fulfil the licensing criteria to get in. Pretty sure maybe they've got their license already. I'm pretty sure they actually do. And um, Banks of D have got their license. They've worked pretty hard to have that, and we know how strong they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in many ways it would if Banks of D end up being the team that Fort William are playing, um, or another team are playing, uh, that would actually be harder, a harder uh, challenge than it would be to get off the bottom of the table, um, to get through a tie with Banks of D. And obviously, there's the whole. The Lockie United situation. I think the, the the recent thinking was that Lockie United probably won't have their SFA license in time. It'll probably be for the, the season after. But again, they've shown um, in cup competitions that are pretty strong, pretty strong team as well. It'll be kind of the the interesting one would be the the sort of first game between the, or the first couple of games between the junior sides to decide which one was potentially going to come in the Highland League, because obviously you've got a scenario. Um, in the years ahead where there's a big influx um it wouldn't be my place to comment whether it's good or bad but you know there could be a big influx of teams from the angus area into the highland league which would obviously change the traditional makeup of the highland league um entirely uh but i i my personal opinion is it's probably a good thing for teams 
um, further north like Goldsby to have their chance to to step up and that'd be that'd be a good good thing for the league. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I suppose that's uh, that's a lot of that's for the end of the season and the years ahead. But yeah, in terms of this season, um, very much the title race and those towards the end as well when you know the big teams when it's maybe whittled down a little bit and there's maybe it's down to four maybe you know as things stand at the moment maybe it gets down to Fraserburgh, Bucky, Brecon and Brora have got a realistic chance and you know the games where they meet each other and you know um, one by one sides are kind of like crossed off as contenders those those are always the best the best parts of the season and I'm yeah I'm looking forward to seeing who comes out in top because I think it's going to be really interesting as I said um, Fraser Bradbury and Rora certainly a lot of firepower there a lot of potential for goals um, yeah in, in, intrigued I think also intrigued to know um, or to see who comes out on the, the top of the, the goal scoring charts because obviously yeah. that's been an interesting one this yeah. season because I mean what I think back to is Cove I think back to Cove um, the last time they won it and it was kind of like you know, the top scorer was always going to be Mitch Meganson. He was just scoring so many goals. Um, and you've had seasons previously where it was, you know, a few years ago now, but, you know, it was always going to be Cammy Keith. I knew, I know he won it in a recent season, but, you know, like when you're talking about strikers scoring kind of 50 goals or whatever for the campaign, you know, but this season's it's really interesting. You know what I mean? You've got a locals striker right up there. You've got a Clark cutting striker. Yep. right up there so it'll be interesting to see if you know they can continue to play well enough um, individually and as a team that James Anderson Keen Shanks are still still right up there and if they can you know if they can end up top of the pops come the end of the season because I mean like as well um, for Martin you've got the likes of Johnny Smith who've been up there this season Scott Lyle's been scoring a lot of goals as well um, I mean Connor Gethins probably isn't out of it yeah yeah, Matthew, and that would be that would be a uh, remarkable one. Matthew yeah. Wright and Brora has been a, a a revelation for them as well. So it's yeah, it's it's going to be it, yeah. I mean, it is, it's 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 great to see those. We like when uh, strikers score plenty of goals. You, I know you don't often get it a lot in the in the senior setups. You don't see that as often, but uh, I like to see uh, you know uh, good old fashioned number nine kind of scoring a, a sack full of goals. Um, that title race, Ryan, I'm sure will be fascinating to watch and I'm sure it's one that will be covered uh, by you guys at the Press and Journal on Highland League Weekly um, throughout well, throughout the, the course of the season and indeed I'm sure you'll have the, the run-in as we, as we start to cross off who is a contender and who isn't as the season goes on. Uh, Ryan, I really appreciate your time this evening uh, to kind of look over uh, the season so far and uh, have a very good, a very good Christmas. And, uh, and and take care, all the best. Same to you, Ian. Thank you. Well, a big thanks to Ryan for spending some time to talk over the season so far in the Highland League. Before we wrap up the podcast, let's take a look at the last set of fixtures. Of course, weather dependent for 2021. These will take place on Monday, the 27th of December. Devon Vale host Bucky Thistle. For Martin, take on Brora Rangers, another tasty tie at the top of the table. Forest Mechanics, take on Fort William. The leaders, Fraserburgh, are at home to Nairn County. Huntley, take on Tariff. Inverurie, 
welcome Keith. Brecon City go to Rothis, another really intriguing tie at McKessick Park. Wick Academy entertain Lossiemouth and Strathspey Thistle host Clack the Cudden. Next week on the podcast, we'll be joined by new Footballium boss Shabab Victor. But until then, have a very Merry Christmas and thank you once again for listening. Thank you.